0: Amen. Wow. I know when I hear music like that, it's hard to keep it inside. And so I just want to know if anyone else wants to join me in giving a great big God is good. All the time. All the time. God is good. Did I hear somebody say amen? amen? Wow. I am so glad that this is a place where Easter isn't just one Sunday. It's an entire season. <laughs> and the thought that keeps going through my mind uh, this morning is uh, once we were not a people, but now we are a people, and we are a people ready for that bold, powerful Easter movement, a movement that will change the world and rock the world and move the world, that, uh, that resurrection faith quake, earthquake, spirit quake, life quake, vision quake. It's amazing what God is going to do through us, and uh, praise dancers, I know some of you are mixed in with this mass choir that's sung today. Again, you just embodied uh, the movement uh, that is resurrection. And that's one of the things about MCC. MCC is often called a movement, and I pray that we will always be called a movement. Churches stagnate, churches die, but a movement... Uh, that's action, that's spirit, that's life, and uh, and then total praise. Wow. We are no longer afraid. Uh, We are no longer quiet. We are ready to lift our voices and do God's work in amazing ways. One of the things that sustained that early group back in 1972 in the Montrose was knowing that in Los Angeles and in San Francisco and in Sacramento and other places, there were bodies that had begun in a similar way that had grown to something more. In fact, by 1972, when Metropolitan Community Church was starting here in Houston, the church in LA had gone from 12 people in a small pink house to to over a thousand people worshiping together under the leadership of Reverend Troy Perry. So that early group that met here in the Montrose knew that what had happened in other places could happen here. And I think as they sat in that apartment, they looked into each other's eyes and saw that they could be what God was truly calling them to be. But they were sustained by that knowledge that they were a part of something bigger and, and, and something greater than themselves. And even though we have now grown to, to this place with the sanctuary that seats almost a thousand The reality is we still need that sustenance that comes from knowing that there are other people meeting in other places doing God's work, that we are a part of something bigger than ourselves. And I'm excited that the next movement for our fellowship, what many are calling the third wave, is the idea of us taking this movement and making it more global, more international. And there are exciting things happening all around the world that are a part of Metropolitan Community Church, and we are part of that, and it's, it's incredible. I am pleased today that the leader of this international movement called MCC is with us today for the first time as our newly elected moderator. She's worshiped with us before on Decatur Street in her role as one of our elders, And uh, today, however, she is with us as the newly elected moderator of the Universal Fellowship of Metropolitan Community Churches. Let's give a great, big welcome to this one who connects us to something larger than ourselves, our moderator, Reverend Elder Nancy Wilson.
1: the Board of Elders of MCC all over the world, and from your sisters and brothers in Florida. I'm a member of Church of the Trinity in Sarasota, Florida, and attend MCC in St. Pete, and it's wonderful to bring their love and greetings to you. And hearing total praise this morning, I felt like I was still at the People of African Descent Conference that we had last weekend in Tampa, Florida, where... uh, that choir uh, sang that song, and it's been reverberating in my heart and mind all week long, and so it's wonderful to hear it again here, to be singing that wonderful, amazing song. I want to thank your pastor, Reverend Dwayne Johnson, for so many things. Um, he gave me a tour yesterday, which took quite some time to tour this facility, and what was wonderful was that there, on a Saturday afternoon, there were all kinds of people here doing all kinds of things, Rehearsing for today, meeting, ministering, this is a church that is alive and that has been faithful through so much. Like many MCC churches, you've been through the times and the struggles, and you've survived and you've triumphed, and you've done that for almost 10 years with the devoted and faithful and talented leadership of your pastor, Reverend Dwayne Johnson. Will you help me thank him and bless him? Reverend Shuler who says tough times don't last but tough people do. And uh, Dwayne is gentle and good and tough and very clear about his ministry and what he brings to you. And I've met members of your staff and, and lay leaders in your church and I know that this is a church that is alive with the Easter spirit. Will you pray with me? God may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts Be acceptable in your sight. God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. As Reverend Elder Frida Smith, one of the wonderful pioneers in MCC, says, MCC is the most exciting church since the Book of Acts. (laughs) I love the Book of Acts, from which we heard our first reading today. It is really a little glimpse into the tumultuous and chaotic times of that earliest church. I see MCC all through that history book of the New Testament. It includes the story of Pentecost, and I don't know if you know this, but this year is the 100th anniversary street of the Yazusa Street Revival in Los Angeles that found the modern Pentecostal movement, which is growing all over the world. And it's important to us because our roots are with a Pentecostal minister, Reverend Troy Perry. And I believe those roots are very important for many reasons. This weekend in Southern California, there is the first LGBT uh, experience and celebration of that Azusa Street revival, and Reverend Perry is one of the speakers at that event. I believe it was the power of the Holy Spirit that came on Pentecost that is the same Holy Spirit that came on Troy Perry and that early church and your early church here in Houston that gave people the courage and the freedom to start Metropolitan Community Church. The Book of Acts also includes one of my favorite nominees for Lesbians in the Bible, and that is Lydia, (laughs) Lydia the seller of purple, the woman in whose home the first church in Europe met. It includes Paul's Damascus Road experience, in Acts 9, which I had to memorize in the sixth grade in my Methodist church in New York. And it includes the great story of the earthquake that Paul and Silas had liberated them from jail and touched the life of that jailer. The stories of the Acts of the Apostles are full of twists and turns and adventures, shipwrecks, and most of all, the unhindered gospel of Jesus Christ, It tells the story of a church that is stretched, challenged, growing in spirit, in maturity, and in its vision of their life with the Lord Jesus Christ. Sound familiar? A story that is stretched, a church that is stretched and challenged, growing in spirit, maturity, and its vision of what God is doing in them in Jesus Christ. It is our story. I know it is. The passage we hear today follows the dramatic post-Easter, post-Pentecostal healing of the man at the beautiful gate. Peter and John were going up to prayer in the synagogue. They were just minding their own business when this lame man who'd been there for years and years reaches out and begs alms from them. They stop, and they actually notice him, and they look him in the eye and say that very famous line, many of you know it, Silver and gold have I none, but what I have I give to you. In the name of the risen Lord Jesus Christ, I say to you, rise and walk. And of course, he did. And what follows is a dance between the disciples and the people and the religious authorities that ends up with Peter and John being dragged before the council. They have to explain this healing. And every chance they get, Peter and John and the disciples use these amazing stories of healings to share the story of Jesus and resurrection power. They were an Easter community. And everywhere they went, miracles happened. Healing happened. Liberation happened. People doubted and questioned and tried to stop it, but it was unstoppable. They were full of resurrection faith and power, but the world was not necessarily ready to hear about it. Lame beggars should just stay lame beggars. That's the natural order of things, people believed. But imagine Jesus gave that lame beggar perfect health in front of God and the people and everyone. And instead of being a source of joy, it was a source of controversy. Sound familiar? <laughs> MCC, God has given us perfect health if we will claim it. And true to form, the world does not want to hear it. The world is much more comfortable if LGBT people and our families and friends were to remain in shame and hopelessness and full of unhealth. The world is perfectly happy for us to stay in closets and patterns of addiction and spiritual despair. But we are an Easter community, the most exciting church since the book of Acts, and God is moving and loving and giving us perfect health in this time in history. And because of it, we are enormously controversial, and that is a spirit thing. We are at a crossroads again, and I think in MCC, at a tipping point. There are some who might say MCC is passé, Other denominations are now starting to accept lesbian and gay folks, and the need for MCC is diminishing. Those people have never visited Resurrection MCC in Houston, Texas. You know, because nothing could be further from the truth. And I don't want to take anything away from churches or denominations that are starting to open up to our people, especially in North America, In every large city, you can find open and affirming churches that are doing wonderful and good ministry, especially the United Church of Christ, in some sense our only Christian denominational friend in the United States, has taken the great risk to stand in solidarity with LGBT folks and paid a price for it. But still, if you will talk to the leaders of the UCC, as I do and I have, only 10% of United Church of Christ's are officially public, open, and affirming. Other denominations are poised for stalling and backsliding and continue to be embroiled over controversy. The two largest Christian denominations in the United States, the Roman Catholic Church and the Southern Baptist Church, do not exactly show signs of flinging open their doors (laughs) to our people. And the third largest, the United Methodist Church, my background church, is actually while they have warm, fuzzy ads on television, you can see some of them. They are moving further and further to the right, as people in that church will tell you with some alarm. And more than that, there's a whole generation of unchurched LGBT people, especially younger people in our community, who will never darken the door of a mainstream church, who will touch their hearts with the fire of the inclusive love of God, I believe that is also our calling. Whatever other churches choose to do, it is time for MCC to put the move back in movement. We need to be moving. We need to be growing. We need to be more deeply committed than ever before to what God has called us to we have a global and an unfinished calling. The Holy Spirit is not done with us. In fact, she's just getting started. And the resurrection power of Jesus Christ is alive and active in creating new chapters in the book of Acts. In Eastern Europe, they are calling MCC the Human Rights Church. We are a church that has always connected Jesus and justice. Some people think you can have Jesus without justice, but it is not so. Jesus loved the prophets and quoted them. He spoke of a God of grace and inclusion, of those who hunger and thirst for righteousness and for peace. He knew the words of the prophet Isaiah who said, Let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. I am not ashamed of Jesus, our rich, diverse Christian nature, and I am not ashamed of our passionate commitment to justice. Why are we in Eastern Europe right now? Why are we sending a team halfway around the world this May? We are there because our people are there, and because we have an amazing opportunity. There are young Christian gay activists who are risking so much to bring hope and liberation to our community in Eastern Europe. The European Union it's very interesting, has a rule that if countries are going to belong to the European Union, they have to have gay rights legislation in their constitutions, in their laws. Isn't that amazing? So those countries that were under communist rule and very, very repressive for so long now have to pass gay rights legislation in order to belong and benefit economically from the European Union. (laughs) But But their cultures are still so homophobic, lethally homophobic, it is still very dangerous to be an open LGBT person in Eastern Europe. MCC has a powerful opportunity to be on the ground floor of civil rights and overcoming religious homophobia. We can make a huge, enormous difference. Last year, for the first time, we helped a young community in Romania hold their first pride parade. Now, that may not seem like a big deal to you, but it was a big deal to them. The president of Romania and the mayor of Bucharest both told this group of people, don't do it, and we won't provide you police protection. And you know what happened? MCCers all over the world sent emails to the president of Romania and to the mayor of Bucharest, and they relented, and they provided police protection, and 300 people marched including Reverend Elder Diane Fisher from MCC and other MCCers who were there, and after that held the first MCC service, along with workshops on overcoming religious homophobia. This year, to follow up, we are holding events in five countries in Eastern Europe. We're gonna go back to Romania, to Serbia, Moldavia, Bulgaria, and Latvia. This is a moment of resurrection and Pentecost, for our communities in Eastern Europe, and it is unstoppable. It is unstoppable. So pray over the next five weeks as we go there to be part of this amazing time. Last week, many of us were in Tampa, Florida, for the People of African Descent Conference, and we heard from a young man named Gareth from Jamaica. Today, Jamaica is the most lethally homophobic country in the Western Hemisphere. Dozens of gay men have been brutally murdered in the last two years. AIDS phobia and homophobia have combined to make life for lesbians and gay men hell on earth in Jamaica. Gareth told us the heart-wrenching story of the murder of his best friend, Steve Harvey, an AIDS worker. What was so painful to hear is that not one person in Jamaica, not one Christian from a church, not one person in a university or government will stand up for our people. And even though this story has been reported in the press in the U.S., no one, even in our community, it seems, seems to care or take the risk to help them. And this is where MCC comes in, because we cannot turn our backs on the Gareths of the world. We must become involved. He is our brother in Christ. And what Garrett said, they need most of all, besides, of course, safety from the violence, is a spiritual community. He said, we need an MCC in Jamaica. We have to stop the violence and share the good news of Christ that we know is unstoppable. I ask you to pray for Gareth, to pray for our efforts in Eastern Europe, for me, for the Board of Elders, that we will see a new day of engagement in our world. But most of all, I say to you, Resurrection MCC, we need you. I need you to be strong and bold to be out there in your community as you are. We need you to model that perfect health that God bestows on the least of these as we are being resurrected. The world needs churches, a denomination, a movement that lives that ecumenical vision of church. We need churches that are into saving lives, healing broken hearts, and stirring up vocation. We need you to be about movement in Houston and in the world. That may mean that some of you literally move, go to school, find your God-given vocation. We need church planters, lay and clergy, as the Board of Elders identifies the top ten cities where we do not have a metropolitan community church, but we need one. We need to be a church that's not afraid to tackle tough issues like crystal meth addiction and the changing face of HIV and AIDS. We need churches that are on fire to reach out to youth and young adults, to families and children, offering them a safe place to put to use their gifts. Today, all over the world, there are people who are wounded, injured, hopeless, who think that their destiny is to beg for crumbs at the beautiful gates of our day. God needs disciples of Jesus who will actually notice them, look them in the eye and say, silver and gold have I none, but what I have I give to you. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, be whole and free. I know that there are such disciples here at Resurrection MCC. We are proud of you. We love you. We know it's taken a lot to get here where you are. But I say to you, the best is yet to come. Let us pray. God, we love you and bless you. We know that you are a God who is on the move in us, in this place, and around the world. Help us to be full of courage and bold in your spirit. In the wonderful name of Jesus we pray. Amen.